0: Well, welcome back to week two of our Bible study on Bended Knees, Strengthened Through Prayer. And we spent this week looking at uh, the prayers of the psalmist. And what a timely uh, time to be studying the psalms. You know, it's one of my go-to books. It's one of my favorites because the psalmist always seem to say what I'm feeling and they express it so well. So I love studying the Psalms. And as I said, it was very timely for where we are at. You know, 2020 has been quite the year. How are you handling it? How are you handling all the things going on in 2020? Are you a little stressed? Maybe a little anxious? A little fearful about things? I have to admit, I've had those moments of feeling all that. You know, we began in... uh, March with the COVID coming, and and we were sheltering at home for three months, and during that time, it was just strange being at home, and I remember driving by parking lots that normally would be filled with cars, and they were like a ghost town, nobody there. It was a strange time uh, to be living, but then we came out of that. We started to open up businesses again, and and then the, the murder of George Floyd or the, the death of George Floyd happened, which led to peaceful protests, which then led to um, all the looting and the rioting and the, the murders and, and a sense of anarchy throughout our streets and just the civil unrest that's still going on. And then on top of there, that, there's just such a division in our country these days. People hate each other. Uh, Sides hate the other side. There's an election coming up, in case you have forgotten about that. And there's fears about what's going to happen after the election. There's wildfires going on in California, Uh, hurricanes, we've had almost more hurricanes this season than usual. And if that's not enough, I heard on the news not too long ago that there's an asteroid headed towards the Earth. And I remember thinking, God, what else can happen in 2020? And then I thought I shouldn't say that because who knows what God has ahead. But how are you handling this year? And as I said, I've had my moments of feeling stressed and a little fearful. I've even told friends, I'm really concerned about what's ahead of us. But how do we overcome fear and anxiety? Well, David gives us a great example of how to do that in Psalm 27. I know we looked at five psalms this week, but I want to focus today on just one psalm, and that's Psalm 27. And if anybody knew how to deal with fear and anxiety, it's David. It's believed that he wrote this psalm during the time that Saul and his men were chasing after David to take his life. And so David obviously was at a place that he was feeling a little anxious, a little stressed, a little fearful, and he prayed to God. And that's what we see in Psalm 27. And just as we learned last week from the life of Moses how to pray in those times when there's people in our lives that make it difficult and that are difficult to love, we can learn from the example of David in Psalm 27 of how do we overcome fear, and anxiety? How do we pray in these times that just unsettle us? And so what I want to do with you in our time together today is to just give you four steps, four things that we can do to help us overcome fear and anxiety. And so the the first thing that we need to do is to focus on God's character. And we see that in verses 1 to 3. And if you listen to the introductory lecture, uh, you heard me talk about that character, God's character is one of the ways that he strengthens us. And we need to begin by focusing on who God is. And that's what David did. In, in the verse 3 verses, he, he focuses on three things about God's character. He says in verse 1, the Lord is my light and my salvation. The Lord is the defense of my life. He starts and he says, the Lord is my light. What does light do? Well, when I think of light, I mean, light warms me. Light sheds a brightness into a darkness. It shows the way. It tells me what's ahead. It shows me what's around me. Uh, light gives me hope when I might be depressed because it just kind of brightens up it it pushes back the darkness, and he 's saying, God is my light. You know when I moved to Memphis, um, I moved out to the suburbs and I live in Cordova, but when I moved there fifteen sixteen years ago, there were no street lights in my neighborhood um, It was dark i didn't know that till I actually Moved in because I'd never seen the house at night, but my very first night of staying in my house, I realized there are no street lights and I looked out the front window. I couldn't see a thing, a wall of black. I looked out the back window, darkness. And to be honest, I felt vulnerable. I felt scared, a single woman living in a house with no, no lights around. It, it, I was anxious. Well, thankfully, they put lights in uh, several months later, but light gives us brightness. When we got those lights in the neighborhood, it just it, it took away the fear. It took away the uncertainty of what's lurking out there. I could actually walk to the street. I could see my neighbor's street. That was the other thing. In the darkness, I felt isolated from my neighborhood. Am I the only person here? And when the light came, I realized I was part of community. And that is what God does is our light. He gives us hope in darkness. God is my light. And that's what David said. The second thing he said is, God is my salvation. He knew that God was going to deliver him. He knew that God was his salvation. He knew that God was going to provide the salvation for his sins. He lived before the Savior came, but he knew that God was going to provide a Savior. Today, God is our salvation, and we know that that He has delivered us. He will deliver us. But through Jesus' death on the cross, He has taken care of our sins and delivered us. And we can have peace and hope. And the third thing David said is He is the defense of my life. Other translations say He is my refuge or he is my stronghold. Uh, he is my strength. David is, is saying here that, God, you are my place of safety. You're the place that I can run and feel safe and be protected, and so he's focusing on God's character. You know, I have, most of you know I have two cats, and I have one who's kind of famous with y'all, Hobson. He has joined every uh, Zoom meeting, and I've Used him in illustrations. But I have another cat, sweet little Hannah, and she is my scaredy cat. She is afraid of everything, even her shadow, the slightest noise. But Hannah has a a refuge in our house. I know that when I can't find her, she is in her refuge, her stronghold, which is a little spot in my closet, and she just purrs and feels fine there. God is our place of safety. He is our refuge. And so that's what David did in these these first three verses. He began uh, in dealing with fear and anxiety by focusing on God's character. And he said, he asked the questions, whom shall I fear? Whom shall I dread? My heart will not fear. And he says, even if, evildoers come, even if adversaries and enemies come, even if war comes, I shall be confident in spite of that. What are we going to say? Are we going to say, God, even if the coronavirus doesn't go away for a long time, even if the election doesn't turn out the way we, I want it to, even if this happens, God, I will be confident in you because I know your character. Can we say that? Well, I'm going to give you a question with each of these uh, four steps for you to just consider. And here, I just want you to, to consider and ask yourself, are you focused on God's character during these days of stress and uncertainty? Or are you focused on your circumstances? If we're going to overcome fear and anxiety, we need to focus on God's character, not his circumstances. Well, the second step is we need to embrace God's presence. And David talks about that in verses 4 through 6. And in verse 4, he just says, One thing I have asked from the Lord that I shall seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. To behold the beauty of the Lord and to meditate in his temple. Now you might read that and think, well, he's just saying he wants to be spend time in the temple. And the temple he's referring to here is not the Solomon's temple that was built. It wasn't built yet. He's referring to the temporary structure that housed the Ark of the Covenant, representing God's presence. David is saying, God, I want to be near you. I want to enjoy you. I want to meditate on your presence presence, because I know that's where safety and comfort and peace comes. I want to be with you. And remember, David lived before the Spirit indwells us. I mean, the Spirit would come upon the men sometimes in the Old Testament. But today, we don't have to go to a temple to embrace God's presence. We have his presence with us every moment because of the Holy Spirit who lives in us once we became believers. Embrace his presence. That's what David wanted to do was embrace and delight and enjoy God's presence. When I was a little girl, I was a daddy's girl, and I would have days that I would, either something would happen at school or something would happen with friend, or I wasn't feeling well, or there was a bad storm outside, and whenever I was feeling down or scared, I would run to my daddy in his chair in the living room, and I would crawl up in his lap, and I would snuggle up against his chest and put my head against his chest, and he would put his arms around me, and I would tell him what was going on. Daddy, I'm scared. Daddy, I don't feel good. And he would always say, honey, it's okay. I'm here. I'm with you. And that's all it took. And I would just rest against my dad and know that everything's okay because I'm in his presence. That's how we should feel with God. God, I'm scared that we'd run to him. We'd embrace his presence and tell him how we're feeling and enjoy his presence. That's how we overcome fear and anxiety As we hear him say through his word, it's okay. My child, I'm, I'm with you. I've got this. And so the question for you to think about here, are you embracing his presence? Or are you ignoring it? You know, it's like having somebody over to your house. Their presence, they can be in your house but you can go about your business and do things and never even acknowledge they're there, never take time to say, hey, how are you doing? Are we just going about our way or are we embracing his presence? Don't ignore it because if you do, you're not going to get overcome fear and anxiety. A third point, a third step to overcoming fear and anxiety is We need to lament to God's heart. Lament to God. Verses 7 to 12. You know, most scholars say that Psalm 27 is a lament psalm, and yet we see his lament really beginning in verse 7. And a lament is just where you're pouring out your heart to God and you're expressing what's on your heart. And so David laments to God. I mean, he says in verse 7, Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice. Be gracious to me. Answer me. Lord, don't hide your face from me. Don't turn your servant away in anger. He's just pouring everything out, how he's feeling. He needs to hear from God. He needs to sense that God is is aware of what's going on. And he's just being honest with God. And we need to do the same thing. We don't need to hold it in. I can't tell you how many times I have driven home when my mom was still here, driving home from the nursing home and just pouring out my heart to God in the car of being just, God, where are you in this? Why don't you do something? We need to lament, even in these times, especially in these times we're in now. God, I'm worried. God, I'm scared. God, what if? Pour it out but then and in that let me ask this question for you to ponder before we move to the next step are you being honest with god are you holding things inside and just not really acknowledging how you're feeling it's healthy to to lament to and you did that this week in your lesson you had one day's lesson where you looked at a lament psalm and I encouraged you to write a lament and I hope you did that. Well, the fourth step to overcoming fear and anxiety is wait for God's hand. Wait for God's hand to work. Don't get ahead of them. That's what David is saying in verses 13 to 14 and these are my favorite two verses of the psalm. And this is where David has just poured out his heart in the previous verses. But then he comes back to a trust in God. And he says in verse 13 and 14, I would have despaired if I had believed, unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong. Let your heart take courage. Yes, wait for the Lord. If we're going to overcome fear and anxiety, we need to wait for God's hand to work his plan, to do what he's going to do. And yes, I would be discouraged right now as I'm looking at everything going on in our country, in the world. I'd be discouraged, and I get discouraged. But then I come back and think, God, I would have despaired. I would despair unless I believed one day, Lord, we're going to look at this and go, that's what you're doing. That's what you were doing all along. Praise God for how you've worked. Wait for the Lord. Wait for God's hand. The question is, are you waiting on God or are you rushing ahead of him? We don't need to live in a place of fear. We need to live in a place of trust. I don't know what tomorrow holds, but God does. And my exhortation to us, I'm speaking to myself too, don't be anxious, don't be afraid. Trust God. Four steps we can take from Psalm 27, focus on God's character, embrace His presence, Lament to God's heart and wait for God's hand to work. Many of you uh, know Dotsie Lyle. She is one of our uh, teaching leaders. She has taught from me over the years in Heart to Heart. She's part of my uh, Wednesday night group. And Dotsie would have loved to have taught on the Psalms. She loves the Psalms. But as many of you know and you've been praying for her, she uh, had an incident happen to few weeks ago where she had a brain bleed and was in the hospital for a number of days and is still recovering. But Dotsie wanted to share how God uses the Psalms in her life during these times of just stress and uncertainty. And so I want you to hear from Dotsy, and then I'll come back and close us in prayer. So Dotsy, take it over.
1: Hello, friends. I'm Dotsie Lyles, and I'm so grateful to be here to share with you what strengthening through prayer has meant in the second part of Cricket's Unbended Knee series. You see, especially this last week when we were in the Psalms, I knew that I was primed for this lesson because not too many weeks ago I was camping in the Smokies with my husband, and our daughter and her family, two boys and a two-year-old. I was there to help keep up with him and watch him. As it ended up, they had to watch me because I began to have episodes. Later, we learned in ICU that those episodes were occipital, lobe, brain bleed strokes. Others, Strokes showed up on an MRI that took place in other hemispheres of my brain as well. So I went from camping in the woods to camping out in the Psalms. And these five Psalms added to the reassurance that God is with me and I can lean on His strength. Psalm 27 has always been a fave for me, even back in the... um, 2009, when I was going through my cancer journey, because I knew to wait for the Lord. And the other word that just stood out was dismay. I would have been dismayed had I not seen the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. The land of the living for believers is heaven throughout eternity. But while we're here on earth, to me, God has shown his goodness in the people who are living next door to me and in my church and my family. And that's just been such a a sweet, sweet thing to experience again, his goodness. When I went to my first ambulatory PT, the therapist asked me, how are you feeling? I told her I was rejoicing in hope and waiting, trying to be patient. And she looked at me and said, you need to finish that verse. You need to be constant in prayer. Wow! To think that was not the PT I would have chosen, and yet God knew. And he had me in the right place at the right time with a therapist who couldn't complete Romans 12.12 12 for me. In Psalm 28, I learned it's okay to lament and yet to remember to keep on praising God even in the circumstances when they do not change. I have a little sign and you can see that it says, in God, it's as if he's asking me the question, do you trust me, Dotsie, do you see that cross in the middle of you? Do you trust me? You might be asking yourself the same question. Are you trusting God? And then Psalm 46 reminded me in all caps that God is sovereign. And He is God. I need to be still and know that. Again, do you trust me, Dotsie, regardless of the outcome? Well, going to the next Psalm, 33, I was in my somewhat obsessive self thinking, Cricket got him out of numerical order, but she's so much smarter than I'll ever be. Because this is a praise psalm, and that's where I was. I needed to praise. I needed to make a joyful noise through the entire lesson because I sang from Fanny Crosby's I Am Thine, O Lord. Draw me nearer, 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 precious Lord, to the cross where Thou hast died. Oh my, the verse goes on, I long to rise in the arms of faith. Consecrate me now to Thy service, Lord, even with my leaky brain. For me, Psalm 121 was the perfect ending for the lesson. Those gals who were with me in Mexico in 2008 as we were on a mission trip know that they asked me to recite or read from my NASB Psalm 121. But when I stood up there to do it and looked up into the hills of El Mexico, the King James Version came flooding from my heart and my mouth. It's a Psalm to the one who is my help, the one who helps me Stay on His path, the path He has for me, even when I stumble in physical therapy. He's my keeper, my protector, the preserver of my soul forevermore. May we all remember to camp out in the Psalms in times of need. The Lord is there, even when you run into tent poles and stumble on the rocks. I know I've been there, and God was there too. Blessings on your day. Thanks.
0: Thanks, Dotsie. We're still praying for you and can't wait to see what God's going to do through this situation. Well, let me close this in prayer. Father, thank you so much for the examples that you give us from Scripture of how to navigate these days of uncertainty and stress. Thank you for David and his prayers throughout the psalms. And Father, I pray that we would really take Psalm 27 to heart and that we would learn how to focus on your character and embrace your presence. Father, that we would wait on you and that we would just lament. Lord, I pray that as we go through these coming months, and we don't know what's around the corner, but God, Keep our eyes on you. We know you've got it. You're sovereign. You're in control. Help us, Lord, to live in that place of trust and not fear. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I look forward to seeing you right back here again next week as we look at Jonah. See you then and giving you all a virtual hug. See you next week.